Hashem Salper learning Soita Daf Lamed Beis Daf Leiv. We're starting with a new Pedic, with the seventh Pedic, Elun Ne'emorim. The Mishnah begins by saying that the following cases that the Mishnah will enumerate, it, will enumerate may be said Becholoshen in any language, meaning it does not need to be said in Loshen Hakodesh or as Toysavis has a little bit of a different version in the words of the Mishnah, Toysavis reads the opening of the Mishnah, The following should be said in the language that's understood by the actors. In other words, what Toysavis is pointing out is that when the Mishnah says that the following halachis might be spoken out in any language, it has to be spoken out in a language that the one who was speaking and in the cases where one is being spoken to, where they understand the language that they're speaking. So, for example, Toysavis says, a Madai cannot speak Balashan Parsi if he doesn't understand Lashan Parsi. The point of the Mishnah is, again, that Namaram Bacholashan, there is a Chuvus Harajba that says that, as we'll see in a moment, the first case of the Mishnah, which is Parsha Soita, the portion of the Soita may be spoken out Bacholashan. So the Torah speaks about the Kayan uh, imposing an oath and a curse and shvula and Allah on the woman. And he is going to be saying the words that are prescribed in the Torah to which he responds, Amen, Amen. So those words need not dafka be spoken in Lashon Kodesh. However, like we said, the Tshuva Sadashba points out that whenever the Kayan mentions Hashem's name, even though we say today the word Hashem, that's in Lashon Kodesh, or there are other words in reference to God Almighty, like in English, God Almighty, that wordings needed to be said, Davke in Lashon Kodesh, and in the Beis HaMikdash, Hashem's name was pronounced the way it's written. And that was the way he referred to Hashem. Aside of that, everything else can be spoken in Let's read inside the Rashi. Parsha Soita, the second line, Masha HaKoyin Oymer and now Rashi adds to the Chiddush, we learn in the Sifri, if not for the Pasuk, as we will learn in the Gemara, that teaches us that the portion of Saita may be spoken in any language, have I mean I would have thought that Nigmar mi Yavama bekalvochaimer that we should learn the laws of Saita from Yavama with a kalvochaimer, which is just like by Yavama, which if a woman who is a shemeris Yavam has a relation with another man, there she will only get malchus. Correct. There's no uh, capital punishment. Nevertheless, lo yasaba kol halashon is kolashon akaydish. As we'll see soon, that parshas yivama dafke needs to be spoken out kolashon kaidish. So one might have thought that Saita, which is Hamura, because as a married woman, if she has a relation, God forbid, it's a capital sin, then you would have thought for sure everything should be taken more seriously, including the wordings in Lashon Kodesh. Back in the Mishnah, Parsha Saita. Let's go case by case. This is a great Mishnah, which will allow us to review many dinim in the Torah. Vidui Maiser. Vidui Maiser can be said Bilushainam Bhaloshan. What's Vidui Maiser? So in the seven year Shemitah cycle, there are really two mini cycles. Right? To Khazar. So on the first year after the separation of Truma, the owner separates Maiserishan. After the separation of Maiserishan, so then the first and the second year of the Shemitah cycle, you separate Maiser Shani. On the third year of the Shemitah cycle after Truma, after Maiserishan goes Maiser Ani. And then again, the fourth and the fifth year, Maiserishan, Maiser Shani. On the sixth year, you separate Maiser Ani. Now, the years that follow the conclusion of the cycle, meaning on the fourth year, so the fourth year is after two years Maiser Shani, one year Maiser Ani. On the seventh year, which is actually Shemitah, which follows four or five Maiser Shani, sixth Maiser Ani. Before Pesach, the owner of the produce, who obviously separated the produce, which might not have yet given it to the Kayin, to the Levi, to the Ani, taking up to Yerushalayim, there is a limit as to when does he actually need to give it to the people who need to receive it. And that is 
at the end of this year, at the end of that cycle. So sometime before Pesach on the fourth year, sometime before Pesach on the seventh year, there was a certain declaration in which the owner says, and this is in your Bar Mitzvah Parsha and Parsha Savoy, that I separated all of the tithings, and I did what you told us to do. And we conclude with and we ask Hashem that Hashem should bless us. So those psukim in which a person articulates his affirmation that he did this mitzvah can be said Pasha, the reading of the Shema. All of the three parshas, they may be said in any language. By the way, we learn in Halacha that it's ideal to say it in Lashon Kodesh even if you don't know the exact meaning of the words. However, the first pasuk of Shema, the six words, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, right, we had this in Masech Brachas, like the first bracha in the Shema Esrei, there you have to pasuk, have kavana, not just the general, I'm speaking to Hashem, but you have to know the meaning of every word and have it in mind while you're saying the words. So actually, in the first pasuk of the Shema, if you don't yet know Lashon Kodesh, you need to say it in the language that you understand. And likewise in Tefillah, Shmoyne Esrei, it could be said B'chaloshayin. But again, you have the option in speaking it out in Lashon Kodesh. The first bracha, you need to understand Mila B'mila, the Perush Amilas of the words that you're saying. All right, so they could be said in any language. Birchas HaMazin can be said in any language. Shvuas HaEidus, watch Shvuas HaEidus. If I am having a certain challenge with the litigant. There is some sort of din And there are two people that I know saw, observed the reality. And they know to testify. And I come and ask them, come to Beisden and testify in my behalf. And they deny that they know anything. What were to happen if I were to say, that's called adjuring them in English, or you know, I'm making them take an oath, or if they on their own say, I swear, or we swear that we don't know any testimony. And then they do tshuva, and they admit that they swore regarding testimony falsely. There is a unique type of kapara, which is a carbon. One of the few cases where there's, we're depending to their wealth, Accordingly, they bring different types of korbanos, you know, very wealthy animals. Then they have an option of bringing birds or even bringing flour, carbon oil of for the sin of taking an oath falsely that they don't know to be witnesses. And the final case is shuos apikadon. Shuos means that if someone entrusted in me, Someone asked me to be a guardian for them, and when they come to collect their article, God forbid, I say, I never guarded anything of yours. And they say, no, 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 I, you did. I'm swearing on you. I'm adjuring you. And I say to that oath, I did not guard anything. Or if I, on my own, take an oath and say, I swear that I never had anything of yours in my possession, and then, at least, I do tshuva, I confess that I swore falsely. So there the din is, not only do I have to give back that which I was guarding, I have to add to it a fifth, keren v'chaymish, and there's a carbon ashen. So what were to happen, that if the oath that I took was made in another language, so both in Shvua Sa'edus and in Shvua Sa'pikadon, even if it was made in any other language than Lashon HaKadosh, the halachis will be applicable. So those were the ones the Mishnah pointed out can be said in any language. However, it continues the Mishnah, the following can only be said in Lashon HaKadosh. Mikra Bikurim, also from Parshas Kisavai, that when we would bring the first fruits in the basket to Yerushalayim, to the Beis Amigdash, and a whole declaration was made. And as Rashi points out, up five lines from the top of the wide lines, that needed to be spoken out word by word as it's written in the Torah of Back in the Mishnah, case number two is Chalitza. What's Chalitza? That whenever there won't be the consummation of the Yibu marriage, so they're going to go in front of the Beisdin to perform the Chalitza ceremony. And as Rashi points out, there's a conversation, there's a back and forth. She says, Me'ein Yavami. And these apsukim, she has to read the pasuk in Lashon Kodesh. And he says, Loi chofatzti And after she removes 
that special shoe from his right ankle, from his right foot, then she says, etc., etc. All of that has to be in Lashon Kodesh. Back in the Mishnah, the Brachais and Klolis, at least the Pshat, the Brachais and Klolis are alluded to twice in Chumash Devarim, in the beginning of Parshas Re'ei, at least according to most of the Rishonim, and then again we have it, right, again in Parshas Sovei, which is that Moshe Rabbeinu instructed us that when we entered the land under the leadership of Yoshua, we were to go to a location that had in it two mountains, one opposite the other, the Mount of Grizim, the mountain of Evil, and all of the 12 tribes divided six on one, six on the other. The Kahanim, the Levim, stood in the center, and even though the Torah enumerates really 12 curses, 11 specific curses, and then a final general, that doesn't keep all the Torah, really, we know from Torah Shabal Peh, that all of that was worded both in the positive and in the negative. There were blessings and curses. So they started saying the words of blessings. I, the Torah doesn't say it. They said exactly as it's written. But instead of beginning with the word, which is the first one, they began, Blessed is the man that won't make any graven image, etc. And everyone answered, Amen. And then they said, Curse is the man that will make a graven image. And everyone answered, Amen. All of that needed to be done, Dafke in Lashem Kaidish. Birchas Kahanim has to be said only in Lashem Kaidish. We know what that is. Birchas Kain Gadol, we learned in, that, that in Yuma, that after the Kain finished the Aveda in the Kaidish HaKadoshim. So when he went out, there were certain portions of the Torah that he read. And then he gave eight brachas. All of that needed to be done dafke in Lashon Kodesh. Parshas HaMelech, this is fantastic. We are in Tavshin Ayin Vav. This year is called Shnas Hakel. The year after Shemitah year. In the beginning of the year, Motsoi, the first day of Sukkot. In other words, in Eretz Yisrael, there's only one first day of Sukkot. So going into Cholomai, the first night of Cholomai Sukkot. All of the Jewish people, men, women, children, infants gathered in the Azara or adjacent, no one fit all in there, but near the Azara. And the king used to read from Chumash Devarim many parts of it. And he needed to read it dafke in Lashen HaKadosh. Uparshas Eglar Rufam. So the din is in Tadam, that if, God forbid, a person is found murdered outside of a city, we do, in, if we do not find who the murderer is, so then there's some sort of communal responsibility on the nearest city. So first you have to measure to find out which city is the nearest one. And then the elders of the city have to go through a process of bringing a calf and decapitating the calf. And as Rashi points out, there are many statements that are made. And as she quotes the words, All of those words needed to be spoken out by the elders of the city. Back in the Mishnah, whenever we went out to war, so there was a special kayan that was anointed to inspire the troops to wage battle and not to be afraid. And as Rashi points out, as it says, el So then the kayan begins to say, and here are his words, Shema Yisrael, Atem etc. And all of the words of inspiration needed to be said, Dafke in Lashon HaKadosh. Back in the Mishnah, Moshuach Mulchama, Period. So here, the Mishnah enumerated certain halachas, certain dinim that do not need to be spoken out in Lashon Kodesh, and other dinim that do need to be spoken out in Lashon Kodesh. I in the second Toysavis, or the final Toysavis in the Amid, that asks that there are many other mitzvahs that are not mentioned in the Mishnah, and there's a very important discussion as to why not. Like Toysavis speaks out, there's Halel, and you have a Kiddush, and Berchas HaPedas, and Berchas HaMitzvahs, that also need to be spoken out uh, I'm sorry, okay, that don't need to be spoken out in, uh, in Lashon HaKadosh. Anyways, back in the Mishnah. Interestingly, so the question of regarding that, that why does the Mishnah mention brachas or colors that were only done once, so one of the approaches will be, as we'll see Mamish in a moment, that one of the main sources from where we learn that something needs to be said, is from the brachas or colors, because of a dear there's a certain way, there's a certain wordings that the Torah uses, and we use that as Exeter Shava. So people say, since that is the source for the other dinam that are relevant, that is mentioned as well, Va'id Va'id.
Okay. Interestingly, the Mishnah doesn't begin by asking, how do you know that Pasha Saita can be said by Chaloshin? The Gemara does that. The Mishnah doesn't ask, how do you know that Vidar Maisa can be said by Chaloshin? It's almost as if the Mishnah is taking for a, a given that, that mitzvahs or exchanges of declarations or of words that they can be made in any language, that's a given. It's as if the only thing that the Mishnah has to explain, how do we know regarding those that need to be said only in Lashon HaKadosh? So, Mikra Bikurim Ketzad. In our Mishnah, the word Ketzad would be like in the Gemara, Minalan. Oh, so, where do we know that Mikra Bikurim has to be Dafke in Lashon HaKadosh? Says the Mishnah, it says regarding Bikurim, Ve'onisa Ve'omarta. Ve'onisa Ve'omarta means speak up and say, Sometimes the words ve'onisa ve'omarta is used when there is an exchange between two people. There's a back and a forth. Not by bikurim. But the Torah uses the words and you respond or you speak up and you say, and and by the brachas and klalois, it says doesn't say that the, the levim spoke. It says that they spoke up. Now really, there, there was a back and forth because they were making statements and everyone was answering amen. Brachas, amen, klalis, amen. So, ma'alahalon, just like by klalis and brachas, bulashon ha'kaydish, as the Gemara later is going to say, the Mishnah doesn't even say it here, but that is the source. So, afkan, whenever we have the words ve'anisa, ve'amarta, is bulashon ha'kaydish. Continues the Mishnah, how do you know that chalitza has to be said dafkin lashon ha'kaydish? Same thing, because it says, in Parsha Seitzei, ve'ansa, ve'amra, these are the words that the woman says, that he doesn't build up his brother's home. And again, and by, by brachas, it says, by brachas and klolis, by chalitza, to which Rabbi Yehuda says, and now she adds the words, that in other words, good, we already learned va'anu va'amru va'anu va'amru gzeira shava from brachas uklalis. But by chalitza, you don't need to go find a source in another din of brachas uklalis because there is a pasuk in the parsha chalitza itself that already implies that it has to be said dafkin the words that the Torah uses because it says va'ansa va'amra kacha. The word kacha is extra that she should respond like this. Like this means mamish, the way the words are written in the Torah. Now, now that we mentioned brachas and klolis, the Mishnah is not telling you how do we know brachas and klolis have to be said but the Mishnah with great detail is going to prescribe, describe exactly how that happened. Brachas, uklolis, ketzad. Now it's not minolon. Now it's pashat. What happened over there? It says the Mishnah, when we entered... Under Yeshua, the Holy Land, crossing the Jordan, the river, the Yarden River, and we got to the area where you have Mount Grizim and Mar Evol. Where are those mountains? So the Mishnah says in detail, it's in the area of the Shomron, in what we call today Samaria, which is Shabbat Shechem, right near Shechem, which is which is near Eloinimaira, according to most Shechem. And Eloini Meira is the same place. That's Arashi and Chumash. And how do we know that they were near Shechem? In other words, in Parshas Re'eh, where the Torah says where we are to go, and the Torah says, Be'eretz haknani ha-yoshev ha-rova mul ha-gilgol, eitzel Eloini Meira. In Parshas Re'eh, the Torah doesn't say the word Shechem. How do you know it's Shechem? Because Shunemar, again, the passage that we just quoted in the beginning of Parshas Re'eh. However, we have way back in the Chumash, by Avram Avinu, where it says, So now we know that Eilon Meira is Shechem. Okay, so now we have a clarity where these mountains are. We know exactly where they are today. And says the Mishnah, Shisha, Shvatum, Alul, Rish, Hagrizim. Six other tribes, and this is Pefetishab, Sukkim, and the Torah. Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yosachar, Yosef, and Benjamin, they went on Margaris. Shisha, Shvatim, the other six tribes, Reuven, God, Asher, Zvulun, Don, Naftali, went on top of Mount Evo. The Hakehanim, 
and the Levim, the Ha'arin and the Holy Ark, Oimdim Lamata Ba'emsa, they stood in between the mountain. The Kahanim surrounded the Arin, the Halavim surrounded the Kahanim. The whole Yisrael, Mikhano Lakan, in other words, it came out that we were like circling one another the Yisraelim, the Levim, the Kahanim, and the Arin Kaidish. Shinamar as it says, the whole Yisrael was the Kaina, Vishaitra, Vishaiftav, Oimdim, Mizel Mizel, all ultimately. We, our center, the center of a Jew, is the Holy Arain, Vigaymer. They turned their faces towards Mount Gerizim, and the first bracha is, Blessed is the man, Even though they were facing in one direction, they were giving the bracha to everyone. And now they turned their faces towards Mount Evol, and here, these words are actually explicitly written in the Torah. And again, the way we divide them, there were, there were a total of 12, but it's 11 specific. And then the final was, And now continues the Mishnah after they finished giving the blessings and the curses. They brought these stones. What were these stones while we were going through the Yardin? The Yardin split open. We found huge stones in the bank, in the, in the bottom, in the floor of the Jordan River. And we took those stones out. And we brought it with us. And those stones were used to build the Mizbeach. And then, the order of the Mishnah, this Basid, we coated those stones with plaster and Vakasvu Olav, and we wrote on those plastered stones as Kol Divrei Hatayra. All of the words of the Torah, big machlek is exactly what all of the words refer to. Rapsadya Gain holds that they wrote the Tayag Mitzvahs. Many that Amban. Rabbeinu Bachaya, or if you pronounce it, Rabbeinu Bachaya says that they actually wrote all of the five books of Moshe in all 70 languages. So either it was a miracle that so much information fit on those stones, or there were huge stones. Shinemar, as it says, Ba'er Hetev. And as we learn in Chumash, we have this also in the beginning of Chumash, Devarim, right? Mamish, that Moshe Rabbeinu, Ha'il Moshe. Ba'ed Hetev, that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke out the trade in 70 languages, as our Rabbeim explained. In other words, in order for us to have the power to bring Torah in every place, in every time, even in Galos, so Moshe Rabbeinu already brought the Torah down to everyone's language, and that was orally. And Yeshua went ahead and he wrote it on these stones, and then the Natluas Avanam, they took these stones with them, Uba'u, turning the Amid, Vilanu Bimakaimam. And then the people spent the night in the place of the stones, as Rashi points out, that we went to the place called Gilgal, which was nearby. We actually ended up staying in Gilgal for the whole for the whole 14 years, for the seven years that it took us to conquer, for the next seven years that it took us to settle the land. And during that time, those stones were with us, or we were with those stones. Okay, so the Mishnah, as we said, was asking, how do we know that Bikurim has to be said, <laughs> the Gemara is beginning from the opposite direction. How do you know that Pasha Saita can be said, Pasha Saita Minnalan in any language? Answers the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Because it says, Omar Hakoyin Leisha. Or the way Rashi has a girsa, according to Rashi's version, the Gemara is quoting Pasekutes. It says, That's mamish extra. We know the Torah is speaking to her, to Oisa. Why do you have to say V'amar? And V'amar El? El means like to the insides of. In other words, his words have to go inside of her. Meaning she needs to understand it. No, a language, he has to speak it in a language that he understands, and he has to speak it in a language that she understands. Okay. We learned in Abraisa that that when the Mishnah is telling you that the Kayan spoke Belashin Rashi, in the Mishnah, or like Toysavah says, 
Bilashainam, it's not only the Shvua and the Allah. It's more than that. Not only was the oath and the curse spoken out in the language that he and she understood, that the kind and the woman understood, but there was more of a conversation going on, at least a one-sided conversation, from the kain to the woman, and that was also said in the understood language. What else was spoken out? That the kain told her, Alma He explained to her the cause, why is she drinking? Ubama Meaning, in what manner is she drinking? We're going to describe this in a moment. Alma nitmeis. Exactly what halachically is considered a defilement. And what was her behavior that led her to ultimately slip and slide and come to that point. And now the Gemara speaks out. Alma The client explained to her, you're drinking because of kinoi vestira. He wanted to make it clear that obviously there, it wasn't just kinoi vestira. There was, you know, that's a woman that's not behaving modestly. The fact that her husband warned her not to be with the man and she was with him anyway. So there's a certain amount of pritzus. He wanted to make it clear that she's drinking the water not for other pritzus, not for other possible misbehaviors, but it's for, for the warning and for her violating that warning. And then he told her, what is used for her to drink the waters? So he pointed out to her, like we learned before in the Mishnah, a earthen weir, fire pot, that's repugnant, Rashi says. In other words, he, he explained to her that even though we are in the base of Migdash, the kalim that were used are very inexpensive or even disgusting kalim because it's about a manner, it's about a matter that is repugnant. And almon it mays. And then he spoke out, and this is for other women to hear, how did, how did it come to this point? Al it's due to levity, due to immaturity, people make mistakes and one thing leads to the other. And then he also made, made it clear that the waters will only work if the actual act of cohabitation was done, meaning that there was Shoigig, you know, we spoke about the case of Shoigig, there was a, you know, the case Rashi gave was that if a woman, right, there's a house, there's a couple, and there's another man, and it's dark. Sometimes it, it, it can happen that the woman is with the other man, but she doesn't know she's with another man. For that, she would not die. The difference between Shoigig and Mezit, the difference between Oynes and Ratzin, if a woman, God forbid, was, was assaulted, for that, she won't be punished. You know, it's, all of that was spoken out not to cast dispersions on the effectiveness of these waters. It wasn't only for her. It was, as we learned before, that we wanted many women to come and to see what's happening. So they should take heart, you know, from, from, from levity, from immaturity, from these types of mistakes. No one begins all the way at the bottom of the pot, but God forbid, we can slip and slide. All of that is spoken by Choloshim. Vidoy Maiser continues the Gemara quoting from the Mishnah that the declaration that is made before Pesach of the, fourth, of the fourth year and before Pesach of the seventh year that the person actually has to say that I gave all of the Trumas Maisers to their rightful owners that can be said Minolon, that it could be said says the Gemara since it says that the person the owner makes a declaration I Biarti means, you know, I, I got rid of. But this is in a positive way. It's not a, he's not burning his chametz here. He's giving tzedakah to their rightful owners. From my house, and now says the Gemara, we have a the v'yalif amira misaitam. The word here is ve'amarta. And by saita, we just proved, according to Rashi's version, where it says, v'amra el ha'isha, that she needs to understand. And by parsha, saita, it says the words amira. So now we have also a gzeda shava. Amira, amira. Omar laid Abzvidla Abaye one second. Yeah, Saita you proved can be Bechaloshin. And over here by Vidui it says Omarta. But you know what? The Mishnah used the, the blessings and the curses from the Levium as a source that certain things need to be said Dafke, Beloshin Akkadish. There the Torah says Ve'onisa and the word is Ve'omarta. Ve'onu ha'levium Ve'omru. So why don't we learn it out from the Levium? 
Answers the, uh, that to say that Malahalon, the brachas and kolis needed to be said, Dafka and Lashon Kodesh, Afkan Belashon Kodesh, answers the Gemara, right? This is a very common answer that done in Amira Gredesa, Amira Gredesa, that whenever you have to make Exeda Shava, you have the words Amira by itself. It doesn't say Va'anu Va'amru, that they spoke out and they said, or there was a back and forth. You know, it's here by Vidu Maiser, it only says the words, By Soita, the word Amira is written without the word Va'anu. It's only written Amira. So they are more compatible. The Engdan in Amira Gredesa, Ma'aniya Va'amira, as it says, Va'anu Halavim Va'amru. So it's less similar, so we don't learn it from the brachas uklalois. And now we're, we're, we will begin with the following brisa. Tanya, we learn Rab Shimon bar Yochai Oimer, Adam Oimer Shifchai B'Kol Namoch. If a person is speaking his own praise, you can speak your praise in, in a quiet tone. However, Ugenusai, but when a person is speaking about one's own disgrace, that you can say in a, in a louder tone. From where do we learn that even when you are speaking out your own praise? You don't have to shout it out, speak it quietly. We learn it from Vidui Maiser. In other words, here we are learning the concept of Va'anu Va'amru versus Va'amru. So Va'anu Va'amru, which literally means, you know, back and forth, but it also means speaking up and saying, speaking loud. And as we just learned that by Vidri Maiser, by Vidri Maiser, the Torah doesn't use the words Va'anu. Because, yeah, a person has to make a declaration that they gave all, the, they gave all their Maisers. So you're speaking about your own praise. But you can speak it without the Va'anu. You don't have to shout it out. But Genusai, Bikoil Ram. Where do we learn that from? Mikra Bikurim. By Bikurim it does say Va'anu Va'amru. Which is taka why we say it on Lashon Kodesh. And what's the genusai in Mikra Bikurim? What's, what's our disgrace? That when we begin reading, as we spoke out to Rashi, when we learned the Mishnah, Arami Oivedavi. And Arami was our Zayd. At the end of the day, we are Bnei Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Right? That means we also are descendants from Lavan. And, Ar- who, and who was this Arami? He was Oivedavi. He wanted to destroy Yaakov Avinu. So that is something of disgrace. Now, what does that have to do with our disgrace, people ask? First of all, we're not considered B'nai Noyach. Right? We learned that together in Masech Nadarim. We are considered B'nai Yisrael. We're not connected to Lavan. We're not connected to Terach. We're connected to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And furthermore, that was many years ago. So we'll get to that in a moment. The Gemara, the Gemara clarifies something, and then they will have clarity on that as well. Asks the Gemara, you're telling me, from the Rashbi, that when a person speaks out one's own disgrace, you should speak it out loudly. Can't be. Why is it that the sages instituted our saying the Shmoyna Esrei in a silent voice? Now really, we learned this in Brachas. The model for our davening comes from Tfilas Chano. Many, many, many dinim of our davening is or originated from Tfilas Chana, including that she spoke very quietly. She spoke so quietly that she couldn't even hear herself speaking. And by the way, there's a machlekes tanoim, whether we can daven that way or not. We actually paskin that we have to at least hear what we're saying. We speak silently, but we have to hear what we're saying. The other tanoim that say that you can speak so quietly, mamish like Chana, you don't even have to hear what you're saying yourself. So really, we learn it from Chana. Nevertheless, still the question is, why did we model all of our prayers from her? Were there no other people that daven loud? From, we should have modeled our tefillah based on other, other of our great four parents that daven loud. So Rashbi said, Not to ashamed those who sin. And as Rashi says, that during the Shemana Esrei, we confess. Now really, the Shemana Esrei that we have today... Yes, there is a confession, but it's not personalized. And there's no shame if everyone is saying the slach lanu, kifashanu, there's no, there's no personal shame to that. Nevertheless, even today, during the shmakri lenu, 
or during the end, right before we say Yehul Ratzayin, their people are actually encouraged to add their own personal prayer. And if a person feels that they did something for which they need forgiveness, it's a mitzvah to speak out in detail exactly the mistake that we made. Now, if we were to daven loud, then I would be speaking out my sins loudly. And we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to shame ourselves. And where do we know from where do we know that we're not supposed to get ashamed? This is Gavaldik. In the base of as we will learn shortly in Zvachim and Aches and Kachim, that there were places where the Karbanis needed to be slaughtered. All of the Kachim, Kachim Karbanis, Chatos, and Oila needed to be slaughtered in the northern part of the altar. We'll learn later more details exactly where that meant. But point here is, is that if the chatas would have been given its own unique place for it being slaughtered, then anyone who would have brought a carbon chatas would have been identified. Aha, that animal is being done in that location. The owner is a sinner. That person sinned. Not to allow that person to go undergo that shame. Hashem purposefully said that other sacrifices that do not come for sin, fakert, giving a donation, should be done in the same place for no one to know, is that a sinner or is that a tzaddik? So that's what Rabbi Shabi said. So you see that Hashem cares for people not to get ashamed. So don't ashame yourself. There's no mitzvah in ashaming yourself. So here we have a contradiction, not just between two statements, between Rashbi himself. Answers the Gemara, you have to amend, you have to clarify the first b'raisa. It's not that he said, Disgrace should not be said. If a person has troubles, if a person has tzaris, now it makes sense. If I have tzadis and I share my tzadis with others, other people will daven for me. I, again, what Lovin did to Yaakov Avinu, our old tzadis, first of all, he didn't like speaking out old tzadis. Ah, that happened. Because really, when, I'm, when we say that, you know what happened to us? We were persecuted and that tzadis and the other tzadis. What we're really saying is, is that we hope and daven for me that these things should not repeat themselves. Because sadly, history tends to repeat itself. So tzadis should be spoken out loudly. Kedetanya, that when I buy the mitzvah of a tamei tamei yikra, that at least the man mitzvah has to announce that I am tamei, and the, the, the simple announcement is pushed for people to know that he's tamei, right? He's an av hatuma, tuma hayetzim egufai. No one should uh, touch him. No one should become contaminated through the mitzvah. But he's also announcing it. He's announcing, hey, I'm a declared Mitzayrah. Why? In order for for people to ask Hashem, they should have Rachmanus on him. Which is really awesome. Because we learned, right, just in Saita, we quoted the seven causes of being a Mitzayrah. Which would mean that, you want to get rid of your Tzaras, do Tshuva. Do Tshuva. So you see, you see the power of prayer. First of all, when people daven for the Matzayda to be healed, part of that tefillah, if it's going to be effective, tefillahs are always effective, if Hashem will allow it to be effective down here, would be that that person will be more inspired to do tshuva. Nevertheless, that's how it works. Once people are davening, the Matzayda should do tshuva. But the concept of, is not to notify my disgrace in public, but to notify oy, my, my tzadis in public. And now on this, we add, If any type of misfortune happens to a person, He should let it be known. In order for people to ask Hashem to have Rachmanus on that individual. So now we go back. Rabbi Yechanan said, In the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yochai, Why did we use Chana as the model for prayer? Amongst other reasons, Shaloi Levayish as Oivrei Aveda, because Dafke, because we daven silently. Will the Yid next to me in Shul not hear my confessions, my sins? And why is that important? As we see, that the Torah made clear, made, made a point not to give separate places for the Chatas and for the Oila. They're done in the same place, they're, they're slaughtered in the same place. So to say, to camouflage, to hide the cause of that sacrifice. Asks the Gemara Veloi, yeah, they're done, 
There's no difference. There are many differences. Let's begin. Where is the blood put on the altar? So we know that in the Mizbech there was the Chut Hasikra. All right, there was a there was a, a red string. And then in the, in, when Shlem HaMelech built the Mizbech, we'll learn there was a whole beautiful piece of latticework that surround, that wrapped around the center of the Mizbech to separate the higher part of the Mizbech and the lower part of the Mizbech. And that was very relevant for halachis. For example, the blood of the Chatos needed to be put on the higher part of the Mizbech and the blood of the Eila needed to be put in the lower part of the Mizbech. So you see, what do you mean? The title Loi Chilek? You'll know, where's the blood being put? So says the Gemara Hasim, only the Kayin knows. That the rabbi knows that person's sin, it's not the end of the world, but the whole community has to know what I, the mistake that I made. That, that's, there's a lot more shame to that. So the Kayin Takim knew. And the Nudniks that were standing in the distance to see where the blood is being put. But that's on them. But Hashem didn't make it in, a, in an obvious revealed way. I, the Gemara says, there's another difference. And we just had this in Nazar, we kept on learning the Karbanais. That a chatos, at least from commoners, there are few exceptions, but normally a chatos needs to be brought dafka from a female animal. And oila is brought dafka from a male animal. And, and in other words, it's not only on the altar. So when I'm bringing my animal to the Beis Amigdash, if it's a female animal, aha, chatos. Answers the Gemara, no, it's not going to be obvious. Because hasam, mechas yo Right, the, 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 whether the animal is a male or a female, the zachros or the nakvos is covered with the teal, says the Gemara. Well, that tinach, that only works by the kavasa. That only works when you're bringing a lamb. A lamb has a tail. But if a person brings a goat, and in many of the korbanes, chatos oil included, you can bring either this or that. Remember, we learned in Psachim somewhere, I think it was in Psachim, a whole conversation that the Chachamim had with some king or queen regarding what meat is the tastiest meat. Remember that? And they were going from the, you know, the fact that the Torah says a lamb, the fact that the Torah says a goat. And here you can bring a lamb or a goat. So when you bring a lamb, there's a tail. When you bring a goat, it's, it's obvious if it's male or female. Female meaning a sin was committed. Michael Amamer. So the Gemara says, well, hey, who asked you to bring a goat? You are choosing to bring a goat. You're shaming yourself. Because the So you should have brought a lamb. So it's on you. But Hashem created a system in which your sinfulness could, could have remained concealed from the public. Asks the Gemara, that only answers a regular sin offering in which the sinner has the option of bringing a lamb or a goat. But chatos the avedus kichavim, if a person, God forbid, mistakenly is connected to some type of avedus zara. And now when the person is doing tshuva, they bring a lamb, and here the lamb dafka has to be from a goat. The answers the Gemara, that's not a question. Avedus zara. Even b'shaygig, hasam nichsev anezel. Let this person be ashamed. Kehechal denachaper lay for the person to get atoned. So here we have a new concept that shame brings an atonement. So when the person's sin is connected to idol worship, taka they need a greater kapara. So including in that will be the shame that the person will inevitably feel when they bring that goat. When it comes to other sins, generally. Loi chileik hakosov. Okay, kriyashma. The Mishnah continues that kriyashma can be said in any language. And again, as we spoke out when we learned the Mishnah, that really when it comes to tefillah, or pikabala, it's actually preferable to say davening in lashon kodesh. It's preferable for a person to say in lashon kodesh and to know what they're saying, even if a person doesn't yet know the touch of every single word in the tefillah. There is al-pikabala still an advantage of saying it in the holy tongue. However, the first pasuk of the Shema, the first bracha of the 18, 19 brachas of Shemona Esrei, this we learned in brachas, it needs kavana, not just a general kavana that we're davening to God, but a person has to understand and concentrate on the meaning of every word that one is saying. And as we learned in Brachas, actually, that if a person says the Shema, and they were then not there, focused, I have to repeat it. Really, the same halacha theoretically would go to the first Bracha in the Shema Esrei. The reason why halachically we do not repeat it, we learned that in Toysavis, was because who says you're going to concentrate the second time around? 
I Shema. Shema is only six words. So for six words, we can make an effort and be secure. I'm going to repeat it and I'm going to stay focused. For an entire Baruch and Shemayin Esrei, we, we are revoking God's name and it's going to be Baruch HaLuvatola if we don't have Kavana, who says we'll have Kavana the second time. But coming back over here, halachically they can be said entirely or in the language that you understand. Says the Gemara Minolon. So the answer is, it says Shema, Shema Yisrael, listen also means understanding, understand Yisrael, in the language that you understand. If you're going to be speaking out in a language that you do not understand, you're not doing the Shema. But again, we don't interpret it that way in the negative, we interpret it only in the positive, that you could say it in any language that you understand. And now the Gemara says that this din of the Mishnah is really not everyone agrees that Shema can be said in every language. We learn in Ebraisa, Kriya Shema Kichsava. Rebbe has a different opinion. Kriya Shema needs to be said the way it's written, meaning Dafke in Lashen HaKodesh, Divrei Rebbe. The Chachamim like we learned in our Mishnah, that it could be said Bechaloshin. End of Rais. What's the what's the argument between them? Says the Gemara, my time of the Rebbe. So Rebbe says, since it says in the Shema, Vahoyu Hadvarim Ha'ela, Vahoyu means and they shall be. So we touch the word Vahoyu, they shall be. they shall be as they are. As they're written in the Torah, this is how these words should be the Vidibartabon. Virabanan. Rabbanan say no, as we learned before. It says Shema. The word Shema means in any language that you understand. I let's go back and forth. The Rabbanan, what do they do with the words Vahayu? They shall be the way it's written. So the, so the Gemara says, Hahu, The Chachamim learned from Vahayu, you have to read it the way it's written. You can't read it out of sequence. Out of sequence either means you can't place one word before the other in the wrong place, nor are you, are, nor are you allowed to change the order of the psukim, of the verses. The Rambam paskins that if you read the parshias out of sequence, you're yoitza. In other words, every parsha has to be written in its right sequence. The Rebbe, how does the Rebbe know? He already used the words vahayu for you have to read it in Lashon Kaidish. So Rebbe learns it out. It says, It could have said, But it says, So from the extra hey, we also learn you can't read it out of sequence. They don't consider that hey extra. This is where it always comes down to. So they use the whole, don't read it out of sequence. So now they use the Shema. To teach you the opposite, you can read it in any language. Now, now backwards. Verebi, what does Rebbe do with Shema? Answers the Gemara, Hahu, that when you read the Shema, you have to hear it. Your ears have to hear that which is leaving your mouth. And what about the Rabbanon? The Rabbanon don't hold of that. That even if you don't hear it, you're takayoitza. It's a machlekes tanoim, as Rashi brings from Daf Tezvav, from the beginning of Masech Tabrochis. Now, let's just finish up this next piece of Rebbe Turning to Daf Lamed Gimel. What is the meaning of these words? Rashi says the following. Kol means that the entire Torah may be recited in any language. We, we learned, and we'll probably learn again sometime, regarding the writing of a Sefer Torah, whether you could write it in other languages. Where did we have this, Hevra? Was it in Megillah? I think. So we had different opinions. One opinion was you can only write the Torah in Lashon Yavani. But there were opinions that say that you can write the Torah B'chol Lashen. The question is, can you read from a Sefer Torah that was written B'chol in the Beis HaKnesses? So there's an argument about it. But that's the way Rashi interprets the words. The issue whether the Torah could be read in the Shul in another language. From a Sefer Torah written in that language. Torah and Megillah tells Rashi, how can you say that this question whether Torah can be re- read in other languages or does Torah need to be read? How can this conversation be 
related to a word in the Torah, as we'll see over here, reading the Torah in the Beis HaKnesses, to begin with, is not an obligation from the Torah. So how can we use words in the Torah to address something that's not even Midoyed Isa? One of the famous question, answers that the Bach gives, the Bach holds, that even though the time of the reading of the Torah is by rabbinic law. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one that said that we should not go three days without reading Torah. Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbos. Ezra later added Shabbos afternoon. The, 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 the part, the portion, what is it that should be read is also Midrabanan. But the chiyuv of reading Torah, Berabim is Midrabanan. According to Rabach, according to Rashi, which is awesome. Not only Yips once, the concept of reading the Torah Berabim is a mitzvah, Midoy Raisa. And now the question is, Midoy Raisa, does it have to be read Dafke Balash and Kodesh, or could it be read in any other language? So now says the Gemara, it comes out that the Rebbe Luchura will hold that generally the Torah can be read in any language. How do I know that? Because the if Rebbe would have held that whenever the Torah is read, it needs to be read Dafke Balashan Kodesh. Why did the Rebbe need the word v'hoyu to teach you b'havayos and yihud? You have to read it the way it is. Why would you even need a word? But anyways, the whole Torah can only be read v'loshon ha'kodesh. V'hoyu the cause of Rachman Olamali, says the Gemara, that is not a proof. Rebbe might hold that generally the Torah could be read in any other language. Could be read in any other language. Rebbe can hold that the Torah generally has to be read only in Lashem Kodesh. So why did Hashem have to repeat by the Shema, you have to read it in Lashem Kodesh? Because it says Shema. And you see that the Chachamim are saying Shema means read it in any language you understand. So to counter the Shema, you have to write Vahayu. No, it's again, Rebbe can hold Kola Torah B'davka B'lashem Kodesh. And it's Rechlei, Mishum, since it says Shema, so therefore you would have thought that you can read it, the Shema can be read, so to counter that it says, and the Gemara says the same, the opposite for the Chachamim. Lema will we say that the Chachamim hold that the entire Torah has to be read, I'll have a proof, because if the Chachamim will hold that the entire Torah can be read, why did they need Shema to tell you that you can read it in a language that you understand? Anyways, you can read the Torah in any language. So again, the Gemara answers, no, that since it says Vahoyu, Vahoyu might have meant, according to the Chachanim, you have to read it in Lashon Kodesh. So to counter that, the Torah needed to write the Shema, so we don't have a proof either way from the Machlekes, Rabbi Chachanim, regarding the Shema, Emir Tzashem, to be continued.